0: Good morning. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) Um, I've been coming to Highgrove for 18 years, but this is my first time behind the lectern, so do forgive me if I'm a little bit nervous. Um, so yes, we are remaining firmly rooted in the book of Matthew as we continue our series, The Way of Jesus, where we're looking at some really key teachings of Jesus that are intended to shape and challenge the way that we think and act in our daily lives. And this morning, we are looking at one of Jesus's most Radical commands, and possibly one of the hardest to really put into practice and live out. So, what is this radical command? Well, it's this. Let's see if I can make this. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, there was a chap called Panfilo de Narvez, who was a Spanish explorer and a soldier, and he died in 1528. And the story's told of him that as he lay on his deathbed, his priest came up to him and asked him if he had forgiven all his enemies as it commands in the Bible. Narvez looks at his priest in astonishment and says, Father, I have no enemies. I have shot them all. Now, if I were to ask you to make a list of all your really good friends and then to add to that list, say, all your friends that you have on any social media sites... And then if we extended that list even further, and I said, add to it anybody on whom, with whom you are just on friendly terms, both now and in the past. Well, for most of us, a list like that would be a really time-consuming task. You know, it would contain names of everyone from family members all the way down to mere acquaintances. And for several in this room, a list like that may well extend all the way into the hundreds of people. But what if we did the opposite, and I asked you to make a list of all your enemies, both past and present, assuming, of course, you haven't shot them all? (laughs) How long would that take you? Well, I suspect for most of us, we can make a list like that in a matter of minutes, probably an awful lot less. But why the difference in terms of these two lists? Is it because we're just really nice people who don't have a lot of genuine enemies? Well, maybe. But maybe the difference is how we think about that word enemy. Who does Jesus mean by the word enemy? Now hold on to that thought because we're going to come back to it in a little bit. Um, But right now we're going to read our passage um, from the Bible and then we'll spend a little bit of time unpacking it. So... We're reading from Matthew 5, chapter, um, ch- chapter 5. We're starting at verse 38 and reading to the end of the chapter. And this is Jesus talking. And he says this. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect therefore as your heavenly father is perfect. So this passage comes from um, what is commonly referred to as the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is teaching us how to live counterculturally compared to the world in which we're immersed. You know, Jesus knows when taken to heart and properly applied, loving our enemies can really bless and transform our own lives, as well as the lives of those around us, and can actually make the world truly a better place. Now, repeatedly in this chapter, we see Jesus say, You have heard that it was said, but I tell you. Now, Jesus here is intent on setting things straight. He sought to bring real clarity to what God meant and to show what was at the real heart of these Old Testament commandments that were being so woefully misrepresented. So in verse 43, we read, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But the the command to love your neighbor comes directly out of the Old Testament. You can find it in Leviticus. Leviticus. But uh, the second half of the phrase, hate your enemy, is what the Pharisees and the scribes who were the religious leaders at the time, it's what they were teaching and it's not from scripture at all. You know, The Jews of Jesus' uh, day were inferring from the command, love your neighbor, that they could therefore hate their enemies. They interpreted this idea of loving your neighbor as loving only people who love you family and friends, people who are kind to you or people who are the same as you. But Jesus sets a higher standard. I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus is completely blowing apart the conventional thinking and he proceeds to turn everything on its head. Love your enemies, don't hate them. But what does this all mean for us? How can we apply this to our daily lives? Well, there are many ways to tackle this passage, but this morning I just want to look at three of them. And the first one comes back to our our earlier question from our friends and enemies list, and it's this. Who is our enemy? Who is our enemy? When Jesus commands us to love our enemies, who exactly does he have in mind? Well, our passage tells us to pray for those who despitefully use us and persecute us. You know, it's taken as a given that there will be people in our lives who are rude, who are aggressive, who are difficult to get on with, who hurt us and speak ill about us, who are excessively demanding of us, and even those who are really hostile towards us. These sorts of people are our enemies. A few verses earlier in the chapter, Jesus says this. He says, blessed are you when people insult you, uh, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He's telling us that we will encounter people who treat us badly because of our faith, because we follow the way of Jesus and not the world's path. These sorts of people are our enemies. Now, who else was Jesus talking about? Well, in verse 47, uh, where Jesus says, um, where he talks about greeting your own people, even as the pagans do. Supposed to be highlighted. What's happened there? Not sure. There we go. (laughs) Um, uh, where Where he talks about greeting your own people, even as the pagans do. I think he's addressing the idea here that our enemies are people who are different to us, people from a different race or background or culture, people who are educated differently or think differently to us. You know, for Jesus' Jewish listeners at the time, non-Jews were thought of in these terms as enemies because they were not Jewish and let's not forget that the Jews had a very real enemy at the time in the Romans, under whose really oppressive and aggress- um, aggressive reign they were living. But, you know, we're living in sea mills in the 21st century, and we don't have an occupying force as our enemy like they did. So who, what might, who is our enemy? What might our enemy look like today? Well, could be a family member who constantly criticizes or berates us. It could be a boss who always mistreats us. If you're a teacher, perhaps it's that really uncooperative and annoying student or even their parent. If you're a doctor, maybe that patient who's just really unreasonable and ungrateful. You know, strangers who are rude and bullying in a crowded street. Or maybe it's that person that you have tried to love again and again who just doesn't reciprocate. So now if we think about the word enemy in those terms, wouldn't our enemies list expand just a little bit more? Aren't we tempted sometimes to withhold our love from these sorts of people? But Jesus tells us, love your enemies. That brings us on to the second aspect of um, the talk, which is this, of the passage. Why should we love our enemies? Why should we love them? Well, we don't have to look very far to find the answer. Jesus tells us in verse 45, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. So why should we love our enemies? Because God does. God loves his enemies. Jesus is saying that by loving our enemies, we are emulating God the Father. And as his children, that's what we are called to do. You know, loving our enemies shows them who Christ is. Jesus goes on to say, for God causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. The people of ancient Israel, for them, sun and rain were really important for their agricultural prosperity. But the blessings of sunshine and showers were enjoyed by those who loved God and those who hated God. So Jesus is reminding us that God the Father shows love to everyone. He doesn't discriminate. So if we want to be like him, we should show love to everyone too, regardless of their race, their background, their color, or how they are treating us. Now another reason we're called to love our enemies is because the Bible tells us that we overcome evil with good. You know, we read in Romans, in chapter 12, it says, you know, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them a drink. Don't let evil get the upper hand, but conquer evil by doing good. We are to love our enemies because Jesus is calling us to something greater. We're to be totally different to the world around us. It's easy to love people who love you. That's human nature. But we're called to show divine nature, to love those who don't love us. We're to follow the example of Jesus. Even on the cross, while he was being spat at, insulted, rejected, and humiliated, Jesus cries out in love for his enemies, Father, forgive them. Jesus gives us the ultimate example of how and why to love our enemies. But what does it actually look like to love them? That brings us on to my third aspect. How should we love our enemies? How should we love them? Well, the how is very much focused on how we treat people who mistreat us. You know, the word for love that Jesus is using here is agape. And this is the love that wishes well and demonstrates kindness. It's a love of the mind, of reason, and of choice. And it's a really sacrificial love. It's a love that cares and gives and really works for the good of a person, no matter how that person may respond to us or treat us in return. You know, this love is about a choice and not a feeling. But loving our enemies doesn't mean that we don't stand up for what's right. But when we do oppose mistreatment, we're to do it in such a way that we show concern and care without any vindictiveness or spite or cynicism. We're to respond to mistreatment with forgiveness, with kindness, and with blessing. And how else should we love our enemies? Well, Jesus tells us to pray for those who persecute us. Yes, we are to pray for that person who wants to do us harm, for those people that are lying about us, who are gossiping about us, who are slandering us. We're to pray for those people that have deeply hurt us. This is really hard. At least I find it really hard. But why? Why does Jesus ask us to pray for people who have hurt us. Well, prayer really moulds our hearts to become like God's heart. And it softens our hearts towards those people, towards our enemies, so that we can begin to love them like God does. Now, this is all really mind-blowing stuff. You know, it goes completely against the natural response and the way of the human heart And Jesus knows none of this stuff is possible on our own. We cannot do it in our own strength. We need Jesus. We need him. And when we give our lives to Jesus, he gives us new hearts and he sets us free to live this way. He gives us the ability to live in the way he's calling us to live. You know, it's only in his strength, through his spirit living in us, that we can truly love our enemies and pray for them. So we've looked at who our enemy is, anyone from whom you're withholding your love. We've looked at why we should love our enemies, because we're children of God and God loves his enemies. And we've looked at how we should love them, with care and with prayer. So the bottom line is really this. Loving our enemies makes us more like God and more like God wants us to be. Loving our enemies makes us more like God and more like he wants us to be. Now you and I have the most amazing opportunity to really showcase God's love for others. When someone treats us like an enemy... It's a reminder of how we once treated God as an enemy, with disdain, with dismissive, demanding. And when that realization drives us to the love that God demonstrated in sending us Jesus, love that we didn't deserve, it should compel us to demonstrate the same love to others, even those making it obvious they don't deserve it. Now, if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, that is what he's calling you to do. Why? Well, so that you can know the fullness of God's love to you and in you. And so that that other person, that hurtful and unkind person, can know the fullness of God's love through you. So think again about your enemies list. Think again about the people who have been or seem to be at like your enemy disdainful dismissive demanding maybe labeling you as different maybe even now God has brought a specific person to mind pray for that person pray that God will richly bless them my challenge for you this week is to ask God to bless that person in a way that you desperately want to be blessed and love that person remembering that this love is an active choice you know find something that you can do for that person this week even if it's just one kind word spoken to them I'm going to close and I'm going to finish with a quote from Martin Luther King and he says this about loving our enemies Now there is a final reason that I think Jesus says, love your enemies. It's this, that love has within it a redemptive power. There is a power there that eventually transforms individuals, just keep being friendly to that person, just keep loving them and they can't stand it too long. Oh, they react in many ways in the beginning, they react with guilt feelings and sometimes they'll hate you a little more at that transition period. But just keep loving them. And by the power of your love, they will break down under the load. That's love, you see. It's redemptive. And this is why Jesus says love. There's something about love that builds up and is creative. And there's something about hate that tears down and is destructive. So love your enemies. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that we will really consider it and ponder it in our hearts. And for those of us who are just really in situations or relationships where we need to apply this material, would you just change our hearts so that we can start loving our enemies as you do. And through our loving, may you be glorified. Amen. Amen.